Hi, welcome to the Leadership Pathway Podcast. I'm Sean Badir, sitting here with Dave and Kristen Miller, yes. the co-founders. Yes, you are. And Andy Salonen. Is it Salonen or Salonen? It's you spelled it wrong in the email. Did I? Well, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Salonen. Salonen. Andy, good to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Andy, you are a licensed professional counselor. Yes. Uh, you've got a variety of valuable experience, both with like you know young college students, uh, with uh, the county that you work in. Uh, you work for Mental Health Partners. Yeah, up in Boulder County. Which is a a massive organization, helping lots of people all along all all around Boulder County deal with all sorts of issues. I know you have expertise and credentials in addiction counseling. Uh, you've you've seen a lot of stuff. And what we're talking to today, I know this is a topic we're not, you know, there's no way we could talk about everything in mental health. So what I want us to focus on is just around, you know, our work with young leaders. We we place young people in these residencies at churches all around the country. Usually they're, they're moving somewhere, uh, somewhere new. And so we see just a lot of stuff in the first six months from, yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, what, you know, just from your experience with young, young people right now, what, what, what are some of the things that you've seen? What are some of the, some of the things that you're learning about what young people are going through? Yeah. So I actually found this really interesting and I, I think it's indirectly connected to mental health, but, um, we're seeing a, a huge decrease in, the amount of teens and young people working. So when they're 17, 18 years yeah. old, um, there's like 20% less of them than our generation or Sean and I, millennials, yeah. uh, working. So I think that's something to be mindful, right? They're coming to the church, a residency that might be their first professional interaction uh, or with that type of environment. Um, and so that can that can lead to uncertainty, anxiety, stress. Um, and then, Sean, you said being away from home, right? They've moved. So uh, they're unfamiliar with this this new environment. I think some of the, the stressors we're seeing with, with this generation, um, you think about the year that they were brought into the world, right? So after 97 through, what, 2002? 12 maybe um you think post 9 11 right recession um lots of gun violence mass shootings um uh unrest among social injustice uh, racial cultural issues um so those are just some of the stressors right and then you had COVID in there and uh, climate change and these are things that this generation really cares about and so i wonder how we're talking about that as leaders mm-hmm. um, and how we're validating some of those stressors and concerns. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of young leaders are, I, I love that they're open and honest about struggles with mental health. That it's be, it's coming to the forefront, something that is, you know, probably always been there, but now we, we pay more attention to it because it's more vocalized and uh, how, you know, how, how have you seen, older generations, because we, you know, a lot of times when we're placing residents, it's, it's somebody who's a Gen Xer or a boomer that's working with a young person. Uh, how would you advise someone like that as they step in with a young leader who's struggling with mental health issues or how should they be preparing themselves before that person arrives? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so we, we consider, uh, uh, Gen Z is 
you know, you'll hear it's the most depressed generation or the most isolated or loneliest. Um, and so I think we can look for some of those red flags, right, as leaders. Um, man, are they are they showing up to work <laughs> on time? Um, have they become isolated? Are they still hanging out with people? Um, are they taking care of themselves? So personal hygiene, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, irritability is a huge one for, you know, that 18 to 25 range. Um, they don't know how to express themselves. And so, you know, we say anger, outbursts, yeah. irritability. Um, I think validating that as a leader is important. Um, I think we all want to be heard, right? Um, and making space for it. Um, so there's some of the preventative stuff we can do, right, ahead of time. Um, giving them time off, right? Just working that into uh, benefits as a as a resident and knowing that you're going to have five days a year for, for mental health and you take it whenever. Um, and that that's on paper, but then I also support it when you actually take it <laughs> and, and we encourage it. Um, that, that's really important. Um, and then I think just a willingness to have the conversation, right, and name it for what it is. Um, so yeah, you are having suicidal thoughts or ideation. Um, let's talk about it using that language and, and naming it. So here's a scenario. So there's five to eight people on a team. The youngest one is 35. And these people all graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. So either they were naturally just their Enneagram and their daddy issues and their grit and all the stuff that made them just power through, right? And they're going to, the, the, the lead guy's 60, the next youngest person is 30, and now they're, and you say to these people, so you got to get ready for this. And they're like, yeah, 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 we got it. And then we get there. Right. We're 60 days in and things blow up and this has happened. Yeah, like, like instead of giving a resident um, more time, he or she is leaving the office at 2.30. And we're just kind of looking bewildered and thinking, okay. And not having the conversation of why is it you need to leave? But they've never had to do it yet. These organizations, some of them. How do they prepare? When you say, "Well, they gotta, they gotta," on, I forget the word you used. You gotta honor it. You gotta be ready mm-hmm. for it. Validate it. Yeah. Actually, How? give them the time off. Yeah, yeah. Have the conversation. How do we get ready? Because every, I think every pastor wants their church to be younger. Every pastor wants to, you know, reach the next generation, which is now even the next generation. Mm-hmm. We haven't reached that other generation yep. yet. We're reaching the next one. Do you know what I mean? I think every pastor desires it. They're like, "Well, I," but they didn't have. They didn't have this. No one helped them. But they somehow got there. They just don't. It feels like a communication. Hard to connect those dots. How? What are the three things you'd say to this this pastor that just is trusting uh, leadership pathway to find them the the twenty two year old? And you guys are very trustworthy people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you better read what you better. So so one like gosh, go get some counseling yourself and see what that's exactly. like for you. Um, and then like be willing to maybe talk about talk that about um not in a detailed way but like yeah i actually tried this and this is what it was like for me um the other thing is uh sharing that with with people like so with your with your team being vulnerable with that um i think the other thing people can do to prepare is i'm trying to think of like something to to read but i think just knowing this population right so i got online and just better understanding like sure. what these what this generation's dealing with. Do they have a choice to do this? 
if you're going to get, if you're going to open the doors to 22-year-old, 20-year-old, 24-year-old, it's almost like you were saying, I mean, I think five years ago we would have said, we would have been a little lighter on this topic. And today we're like, no, you don't have a choice. You have to get ready for this. Yeah, I don't think so because this generation has options, right? (laughs) They're very well connected. Um, They're the first generation that, you know, they probably don't even remember what it's like to not have a screen or to not have access to technology. Um, So they'll find something else. Exactly. Um, And uh, they're also willing to talk about it. And so (laughs) they're going to be transparent. Mm -hmm. That's Um, what's been refreshing from my perspective. And we can learn a lot from that Mm -hmm. because we're not as transparent. So, so you asked about three things and maybe that's the third thing, like, ask them yeah uh, you know and I don't know what the process is coming in for a new resident but mm-hmm. like and we we can't get into mm-hmm. we don't ask people about their health or their mental right. health exactly. in, in the interview process but um, what what can I learn from you mm-hmm. you know leaving it open-ended and you know um, they have a lot to learn from leadership uh, what can you learn from them that's good it's good okay so mental health yeah we don't look at this the same now than we did even five years ago what do you hope what do you hope the church looks like on this in the next five around mental health i think yeah just to have a more uh open conversation around it so that might be from from the weekend from the stage right um it might be stuff like this right can we put to put a podcast together something that that people will listen to um that really represents us as a community but says i care about this and it's important that we have the conversation right and i'm going to go go do that um i hope too that the the church can be okay with referring out right i think there's a tendency to say i have to take this on all myself and we have to help all these people and, and that is part of the role of the church but when we aren't equipped or um we don't know it's okay to say that and to say well, here's my my list of 10 referrals in the community, and this is where I'm going to point you so that you can get the support you need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think one, one of the things that we've seen a few times is in by, by the time the church comes around, it's like the volunteer fire department that shows up, and you might as well just get the marshmallows. The house is on fire, right? Let's, you know, because we're not going to save this thing. So by the time we get on it, by the time they get referred out, get the, it feels like we're late. You know, and, and, and now we've got six months of disruption into this person's life. And how, how can a staff or what should a staff or leaders be doing to get more ahead of it on entry, maybe during onboarding, even in the first 30, 60 days of these residencies? Yeah. And I'm going to toss a word out there that I think we maybe overly use uh, self-care. Um, we, we talk about it a lot. Um, and I wonder if that's something that we're checking in on with residents and this is basic stuff right like Mm -hmm. so what do you do for physical exercise um what's your sleep pattern like um when do you eat (laughs) um and are you interacting with other people outside of this this staff um you're new here how can i help you get engaged in a community where you feel like you belong um versus like i'm just here to work so if i'm 38 years old and i just had that meeting with my 22 year old resident and all of the signs are awful and maybe, and as we know, they're probably telling you about a third of the truth because that's what I'd be doing. I wouldn't be completely. So you now have to assume it's worse. I yeah. assume it's worse than what they're So they just left my office and I'm like, huh. So they've put on 10 pounds. They're struggling, going, sleeping. They, they sit in there fidgeting, picking at his hands. Got all the classic signs about what do I do? 
There's not a counselor on my staff. There's, I don't have a pastoral counselor down the hall for me, my staff. You know, we don't have that yet. What am I doing? I think that's where you get them connected with with somebody else, whether that is an outside therapist. Um, it doesn't have to be a therapist, though. Maybe maybe it's a support group. Maybe it's a meetup group in the community. Again, I think that goes a long ways. Um, if it's before you've hired them on, I wonder if it's okay to say, gosh, you are a great candidate and... I want to meet in, in a year and see yeah. how things are going. Sure. And here's what I saw. Yeah. Um, and these are red flags for yeah. me. Yeah. Good. I wonder if they might appreciate that more. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> from you, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Wow. Good. What's the first top? What's the first soft skill in the book? I'm looking at the guidebooks. The, on the first soft skill is self care. Self care. It most definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Which ties into community like we, we talk about if, if you want them to work at your church that church needs to be feel like their church and they need to feel welcomed and in tune with people and certainly holistically healthy yeah also help them get engaged with some sort of serving opportunity not necessarily in the church but they want to made uh, feel like they have purpose right yeah yeah and meaning sure that's important as they establish this identity yeah. um, so where am I going to serve in the community? How do I make myself useful? That's good. We almost, I mean, the first six months we call the danger zone because yeah. it almost always flares up, it feels like, with candidates. So mm -hmm. this is great. You know that's happening too now that you've done this for a while. So have that conversation early on and say, this is what we've seen. Yeah. What's the likelihood that this could happen and how do we talk about it now? Yeah. This is good, man. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Thanks, everyone.